Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. Andrea Earhart here, muralist, adventurer, and your host as I interview inspiring artists who are killing it in the art game to show you that it's completely possible to make a great living doing the thing you love to do. We highlight the business side of art to help you reach more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creative freedom. (laughs) Enjoy the show. This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process. From coming up with an idea, to finding a wall to paint it on, to pitching your ideas to businesses, and finally, of course, I teach you exactly how to paint large scale. Murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business. I know because it has been one of the top ways that I've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as I have. With several years of experience as a muralist, I've dialed down the painting techniques, the proposals, the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more. And that's it, so let's get on with the show. This week's episode features a calligrapher, Sarah Script, or Sarah Richardson is her real name, but we're going to go with Sarah Script because it's a super cool stage name. She is based in Arkansas and just took the plunge into full-time artistry. Sarah has been practicing the art of copperplate calligraphy for over six years now, and you can definitely tell with just a glance at her Instagram page or website. Seriously, go to the link in the notes here. Go check out her everything as you're listening to this episode so you can really see and understand what it is we're talking about because it's kind of hard to explain, but once you see it, you get it. So go over, check it out. She's at Sarah Script on Instagram. She's done lettering work for people like Gwyneth Paltrow, Martha Stewart. This girl has some skills (laughs) and patience. She has a lot of patience and the entire time she was talking about her craft and practicing throughout this interview, I just kept thinking how much patience she has to practice and practice until the lines are perfectly smooth because you cannot fudge straight lines. They're either smooth or they're not. (laughs) And her work is not done on the iPad, mind you. It is done with pen and paper. The old-fashioned way, a very special pen, actually, as you'll hear her explain. I'll let her tell you all about that. But This is overall just a really interesting conversation for anyone who's interested in lettering or not. (laughs) I think it can really help us all to be a little bit more well-rounded and learn about all these different specialties and what they're all about, whether it's calligraphy or last week's guest with animation and cartooning. My goal is to let you hear from all these different artists who are doing different things because you never know. 
it might inspire you to pick up a calligraphy pen or try something new. <laughs> so let me know what you think about this week's episode with Sarah Script. I'm excited to hear everything that, like all of your backstory and all that. So let's start with that. Just how, how you okay. got into, um, how, how you got into art and just how you got to where you are now. Um, sure. Um, well, I've always kind of been artistically inclined. So um, my, my major in college was art history. And um, then after college, I worked at a financial firm. Um, and like in the afternoons when I would get home, I would actually paint. So I started off painting portraits and listening to podcasts <laughs> after work. And um, that was just, they all went into the dumpster. Like, I don't know where those are anymore. Yeah, and then my friend, a couple years after that, sent me a piece of calligraphy that he had done. And I thought that that was really neat to get mailed something and to get mailed something physical and so beautiful in this time, like the time where social media was really ramping up. Um, and so I was like, how did you do this? And he was like, well, I'll send you some pens and you know, you can look at these exemplars. At the same time, the financial firm that I was working for um, had asked me to design an invite for their South by Southwest party. So I was oh, wow. like, what if, what if I incorporated like calligraphy into this? Of course, it was not that great at that time. So we didn't go down that road. But um, uh, from there, I, I took a pointed pen class um, shortly after that. Um, and then just did it um, as a hobby, really, for like two years. I mean, people would pay me for stuff on Etsy, but it was mostly just a hobby. Once I moved to Los Angeles, I started getting more serious about like traditional type of copper plate um, and like calligraphy work. And it seemed like it kind of got more serious then. Um, and But I never like, I still had like day jobs and I was going to school at UCLA for graphic design. And so I, I, I haven't like ever fully jumped off in the water on myself <laughs> for, for myself, um, until two weeks ago. So um, exciting. But, yeah. <laughs> but even still, I, I still have like a job that I do some hours at, um, you know, but anyway, <laughs> that was a long winded story. Sorry. No, that's, that's perfect. Uh, when did you move to LA? Are and are you still there? You said you're in Arkansas right now? When yeah. So, um, I've jumped around quite a bit. So I moved, I was in Austin, Texas for three years, then, um, LA for two years, then back to Austin for two years. And then I just moved back to Arkansas in January to be closer to my family, which kind of worked out. I'm really <laughs> glad to be close to family right now. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure that I'll stay here, but um, it's 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 been nice to be close to them during all of this. So. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that that's a very lucky move, especially with everything this year. Yeah. Um, so, how long have you been doing calligraphy? Did you say so? How long does it take someone to practice to get to the level you're at? That's really what I want to know. Um, I I've been doing calligraphy for six, maybe close to seven years now, but. Um, I think it's important for people to know that, um, probably just like painting, like you never really arrive, like you never really yeah. get anywhere. Uh, I mean, you, you get to maybe a professional level, but, um, uh, there's a, one of my, um, favorite, uh, calligraphers, Joe Batolo said that like, if he feels like he's ever actually arrived at being, you know, this master pinman, then he'll put his pin down and never pick it up again. Cause it's all about the journey, you know? Yeah. Of, of really enjoying your art. So 
Yeah, so true. And I feel there's always something new to learn and all this, some other, yeah. some new technique and just all of that. Okay. Uh, so what was the tipping point that took you from hobby to professional in the last couple of weeks? How did, the, did that come about? Um, coronavirus. <laughs> um, so I was, I was working, um, like a nine to five at a stationary store as a graphic designer. Um, and ever since March, my hours keep getting cut and cut and cut. So it's kind of out of necessity, but, um, I'm so glad, like it's been an amazing, you know, two or three weeks. Like <laughs> it's not very long, but I've just really felt like I'm enjoying doing it. I'm enjoying practice and learning. Whereas like after coming home from my day job at the stationery store, I'd feel like kind of exhausted creatively because I was doing so much work for other people. Um, and so I wasn't practicing and I don't know, there's just like been this resurgence of practice and interest lately. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So do you do a lot of wedding stationery? Is that... Um, I do for the stationery store. Um, I've never, well, no, I have. I designed my sister's wedding um, invitations. Um, and I do, I've done three or four weddings, like addressing the envelopes for them. But I'm not sure that that's the road that I want to go down. Um, I think I'm more interested in te teaching and creating like individual works of art um, for people. But I certainly wouldn't say no yeah. <laughs> right now. So. Yeah, I think that's just where my mind goes. When someone says they do calligraphy, I'm like, oh, you do wedding stationery because that's like the main one that I know of and I because I just don't know a lot of copper plate stuff. So is copper plate your favorite or is there any other kind of mediums that you've tried along the way to get you to there? Um, yeah, I've tried Spencerian um, a couple years ago. Um, what I is keep... that? Wait, oh, sorry. That? I don't know what so... So, um, Spencer, I'm trying to see if I have an example. Um, it's a style of um, handwriting type calligraphy. So it's um, it was developed by Platt Rogers Spencer in America. So it's like a specific like American style of handwriting. But then you can also pair it with these like extremely flourished capitals. So then it becomes like calligraphy. Um, oh, wow. So it kind of borders that line between handwriting and calligraphy. Um, there are a lot of different styles I want to learn, but I keep seeing where I need improvement in copper plate and I just haven't been able to like break myself away. Yeah. I see on your posts a lot that you, you keep saying it's all about going really, really slow and that you want yes. somebody wants to go really fast because, and also I, I saw another one of your posts that was like, you don't have to have good handwriting to be good at lettering. And I'm a really good ex example of that. I have really bad handwriting and I go so fast when I'm trying to write something. But when I do lettering, I, it's very slow, like you said. <laughs> so I thought those yeah. were really good tips. Yeah, you have to be really slow and conscientious of, you know, the shades and the hairlines and is it on the slant and... <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole different world than painting on canvas and, or, or, or murals. I mean, that just, there's so much to lettering. And I, uh, whenever I first started my full-time art career, like six years ago or so, uh, lettering was like a specialty of mine that, that I did for oh. an outdoors company that I did. But, and even so, like I was learning as I went and there are so many things to learn about lettering that people don't realize. Yeah with just the spacing and 
just <laughs> the the thin to thick lines and just everything about there's it's a whole nother world so i commend you for being so good at it i all of your posts i'm just like how is she doing that that's that is so awesome how how do you do it um do you have a workbook right i do um i got it out for this in case oh. people want to know what it looks like um yeah it's called copper plate calligraphy from a to z um and it's just like intended for a beginner um so it's like from you know everything you need to set up your space before you you know even dip the pen into the ink um everything from like just setting up to like flourishing and creating finished pieces um and things like that oh wow <laughs> that's amazing so <laughs> And so I've gotten a book before, before I knew about you, I think somebody gifted me a book and it has a bunch of lines in it basically that you can, you basically make, make a letter um, and you follow the tracing of, of a letter and then you make your own letters. Is that how yours is? Um, no, mine is more set up like a reference, but I do have trace, traceable worksheets on my website um, that people can download and print off. Um, so yeah, those are those are helpful for sure. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, what makes up your typical workday? How many hours do you spend doing calligraphy now that you are full time? I typically start off with more like admin things, so like responding to Instagram messages in the morning, or responding to comments, um, responding to emails, um, and then it hasn't like I don't have like a set typical day yet but um i tend to do more calligraphy at night just because i love coffee <laughs> and um <laughs> and when i try to do calligraphy in the morning um my hairlines are really shaky um so <laughs> so i try to do more calligraphy practice and then work on pieces or calligraphy videos um at night um and i don't know it's kind of been anything and everything like i I've been getting like commissions here and there from friends. Um, I got, um, you know, um, a brand asked me to create a calligraphy video for their page um, a couple days ago. So I'm working on that. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll have it more like scheduled out in the future. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you get most of your uh, commissions from Instagram or from Etsy or word of mouth? Where, where are they coming from here recently? Um, most recently Instagram. Yeah. It's been the biggest, the most helpful thing ever. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say that too. And I mean, no coincidence that I find you on Instagram and I, I love your Instagram and it's no coincidence that you get most of your work from Instagram. Uh, you're, yeah. it, lo it looks really great. Your branding and just, I mean, you, even like your personal brand that you tie in with your calligraphy, it all looks very professional. And I would have never guessed that you weren't full time when I, when I messaged you last week and you said that you had just made the jump into full time. I was like, what? <laughs> I would have never thought. <laughs> so it's just, you brand yourself really well. I just wanted to say that. Oh, thank you. So how do you do your, your, your videos? How, like, do you have like a camera above you and do you have a light above you too? Or how, how does that setup work? Um, I, I need to improve this process. So I, no, it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, I have, um, your, the camera right now is set up in my little tiny tripod. Um, it's called a, a Joby gorilla pod I got on Amazon. I don't know if they still sell it cause it was only like $20 and like the legs they're meant to like wrap around a tree or something. Oh, like I have one so, of those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I want to get something like taller 
so that I can like take a wider picture of what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, right now I just, I sit next to my window. <laughs> um, so that's my lighting situation. I turn on like some floor lamps from Target. <laughs> so I need to get better at lighting and, and taking no, no. video, but <laughs> I, I love that you just said all of that too, because it really is like, I think with, with almost everybody on Instagram too, whether you're big or small, it's like, it's a weird setup, no matter what you do. Like very few of us have like the professional lighting and all of that. I remember one of my first time lapses that, uh, that I did of a drawing, I remember I put my phone into a stack of books and like mm -hmm. and that way it could hold it and because <laughs> and it, it was in face down and I got it high enough and I'm just like, okay, it's like, it's good to go. But I, so I love that you shared that because you would have, again, you would have never thought from your Instagram that you didn't have just a really good lighting setup and a really good like tripod that you've got. You're just like making it work. <laughs> Thank so, you so much. Yeah. I think it's very relatable too. Cause a lot of people, uh, a lot of people put off starting even doing anything like that. Cause they're like, I don't know where to put the camera. I don't have any. I don't have any equipment and it's like no you just gotta make it up <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and that's such good advice too is like just start like don't wait till you have the perfect materials because like like even when I was you know doing um like I was also like putting my phone on top of a stack of books to film videos um when I was first starting to take calligraphy super seriously uh four years ago and like, that's when like I got the job for um, Gwyneth Paltrow doing on-site calligraphy for Goop. It's like, okay, I'm, I was literally living in a tiny little garage apartment, um, you know, didn't have any like money. I was in school at UCLA, like, so <laughs> just put yourself out there. Some of the best advice ever. <laughs> That's amazing. But wait, wait, let's go back to that. How did you get that gig? How, and how, tell us about it. Um, that was through Instagram. So they found me on Instagram, probably thanks to like the geotagging that you can do. So they saw that I was in Los Angeles and that I was a calligrapher. And so that was a three-week on-site calligraphy job for their holiday pop-up shop in LA. It was just kind of like a dream to be able to do that because I got to sit in their store and like do calligraphy for people and then get to see people's reactions when they saw it. And that was just like, that was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so cool too. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's why we all make art, right? It's like to make people happy <laughs> and it's yeah, how, how yeah. lucky are we to be in a job that it's just, I mean, our, like, um, what we do just it makes people smile and it, people are, are so thankful for it you know like yeah. I, I i say all the time i'm like electricians don't get this you know this validation of it and or like e even the the people who build the walls that i paint on like people aren't coming by and being like oh my gosh that's beautiful that's amazing to the people who build the wall which is uh, i mean maybe more important than, <laughs> right. me, me, than me painting it. But people come by, they're like, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. It's just like you get like a, a jolt of like validation and just like positivity out of people. That's just one one part of the job that is yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So can you talk us through your process of making calligraphy or of, of lettering? So say say somebody hires you. Say say I hire you and I'm like, I would like you to design something for me. <laughs> um, how, how does that process go? Um, so typically I, I like to start off with practice. 
So like 30 minutes at least. Um, and then, so that's just like, uh, I'll go through the foundational strokes, the lowercase letters, the uppercase letters, and like just get my hand warmed up. And then um, usually I'll do like a thumbnail sketch or a few different thumbnail sketches of like the layout. Um, probably beforehand I would have discussed with them, okay, what ink color do you want? How big do you want this to be? Is it okay if it's super small? You know, like sometimes people get confused and they're like, can you make this two feet by two? two feet and I'm like well my pen doesn't you know go that wide <laughs> so um but um yeah so then I um lay it out on um Bristol paper with um just like a pencil and a ruler um and then the thing with calligraphy is is that you can't erase <laughs> So, like, if you get to the last word and all of a sudden there's an ink blob, then you have to start over. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, unless, unless you can scrape it away with an X-Acto knife, which is not always possible. Um, so, I'll usually do, like, two or three versions before I send a client a picture and say, hey, do you like this or do you want me to redo it? So, I'll do two, ver two or three versions myself first, then email them. Then if they want to change, I'll do it. Um, and nobody usually asks for a change or more than two. So, and then I mail it to them. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I know nothing about this. So I'm just so, so intrigued by this whole thing. How do you pick a, like a font and like, do you have a font that you use or do people have like specifications on something like that? Um, so usually people will see my style of lettering and that's what they want. So it's like that thing of, um, you know, don't put out work that you don't want to do or that you can't do. Um, so, um, they usually want my copper plate. And another thing for people watching, um, if you're, if they're new to calligraphy, um, so font is actually a that's used to describe letters in a computer system. So anything that is done by hand is you would call script or calligraphy or hand lettering or whatever it is. But yeah, so do you, I'm trying to learn more styles, but usually they just want copper plate. So. Okay. Okay. So copper plate is a style of handwriting, right? Right. It's a style of calligraphy. Yeah. So it's based, okay. so it gets a little bit complicated um, and I won't go too far into it because I, I don't know, but um, it's based, it's based on a style of handwriting called English roundhand that was then developed into more of a structured calligraphic style called engrosser script, which sometimes people call copper plate. It's, it's a really a weedy and messy area of calligraphy, but if there are people watching, um, they, they might uh, be interested in the difference. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of more questions to ask you, but I'm, I'm like, I'm, fa I'm familiar with lettering, but I am not, no, I, I'm like, I'm like on a beginner level. I, I can letter, but it's not to the level that you're at. So I'm just like trying to think of other questions that people might want to know, but I just don't know as much about this, but I'm glad we got the copper plate thing sorted out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so is there anything you don't like to uh, write without? Do you have a certain style of pen that you use? Um, yeah, so I use an oblique pen holder. You can also do the same style. You can also do copper plate with a straight holder, so where the nib just sticks out of the staff like that. Um, but yeah, I can't do my job without this. So, 
That's my wow. favorite thing. Probably. Very cool. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's like, okay. So it's not straight. It has like a thing that comes out right on the side. Okay. So how long did you take, did it take you to get used to that? Or did you just pick it up and was like, Oh, this is what I've been waiting for. Um, it took me a little while. I would say maybe like two months of practice to kind of get used to it. It was because I was introduced to it in a pointed pen class, um, in like a a beginner's pointed pen class. And then two months later, the teacher came back to Austin and taught another workshop. And by that point, I was more comfortable with it. And now it just feels like an extension of my hand. Like I want to learn how to write with, um, with a straight holder, but I'm kind of (laughs) scared, but I know I should. (laughs) So, wow, this is this is just so cool. Like the, this whole thing, it's just you have a a tool that I've never tried, and <laughs> it's just has it's just so cool. Okay, um, are there any art lessons you've learned the hard way? So, like you you mentioned how you can have like a, a little paint blob at the end of it, and you have to start all over. Like maybe something kind of like that. Um, so I I have more of like a business one in mind related oh, to calligraphy, if that's okay. Um, yeah. so. So with calligraphy, um, you'll often get asked to write like popular words or phrases or song lyrics. I think, I can't remember the exact date, but there's some date that you're not allowed to write song lyrics after by and get paid for in calligraphy because they're copyright by the industry or whatever, the songwriter, producer. I decided to like very early on, I love the show Gossip Girl. <laughs> um, and I decided to write a quote from Gossip Girl um, and then put it up for sale as a print on my Society6 store. And um, somebody not associated with Gossip Girl sent me um, a cease and desist because apparently she had the rights to that short phrase. So that was kind of hard, but I, I, nobody bought anything, um, so I didn't have any money to return. So that was good, but um, that was kind of eye-opening. Like that was my first introduction to wow, you really can't write anything. Like you have to make sure it's free and clear. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I, I think we all kind of make our one big copyright mistake, and then it's like, okay, oops, sorry, then I'll, I'll never do that again. I just recently yeah. made one, actually, and so I'm like, oh, shoot, sorry, okay, 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 I got it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll never do it again. <laughs> but, okay, um, so, oh, so what can you, I feel like, I feel like so many terms that we all just say, like, like so many people copy movies, like my husband, he's always quoting movies, <laughs> and all these things, so how do you find... I guess, royalty-free things to write? Um, well, usually I'm not selling what I'm writing. Usually it's okay. just for an Instagram post. But um, if I'm concerned, I'll go to the U.S. trademark website and do a search um, and make sure that um, there was kind, of, I was kind of in a hairy situation two weeks ago. And I found out that because I was writing the words all spaced out, that it was okay for me to use. Apparently somebody had a copyright on these three words all together. Um, so that was kind of interesting, kind of freaked me out a little bit, um, but I'm glad I looked it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hate copyrights too. Like, it's just, I just don't like it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So do you have a favorite quote or favorite past project that you've done? 
I think my favorite piece that I've ever done was in honor of a friend. Um, it was a Shakespeare quote, and it's the, when he shall die, cut him out into little stars. And I did it in this spiral um, thing. That's It's in my parents' house now, but that's probably my favorite one that I'll probably never get rid of. Um, and it has little, like, stars and stuff. I, I can't draw really well. I can doodle. <laughs> so I, like, doodled little stars and stuff around it. Oh, fun. Oh, that sounds yeah. super cute. Is that on your website, or you said? Um, it's on my Instagram. I should probably put it up on my website. But, okay. yeah. <laughs> cute. Okay. Awesome. Um, so what are your future art plans and goals? What, what's going on right now? Um, so right now I'm outlining an online course for people to take at their own pace. So that's my, um, big project that I'm working on now. Um, and then I want to start teaching more private one-on-one -on -one lessons as well for people to get, for people to get other eyes on their work and get help, um, that way. Um, I haven't seen too much of that offered online right now, so I'm kind of wanting to help out in that way. And you have, let's so see, you have your book and you have your, your classes coming out. Where can everybody find all of this? On your website? What's your website? Um, so my website is sarahscript.com, S-A-R-A-H-S-C-R-I-P-T.com. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have, um, you can book an appointment for an online lesson. My worksheets are there. The link to my book is there. Um, but otherwise, I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, we had one question come in here in the comments. Uh, what do you find the most challenging? Yes. Let's see. <laughs> I guess just showing for practice. I think that's like the most important thing you need to do, but it's also like the least fun part, but it's just kind of that, like you kind of, you can't improve without it. So yeah, just showing up for practice, <laughs> you know, just getting, getting into, into my desk and, and ink on paper and practice. Yeah. I think it's the same thing for painting too. It's like, I mean, the end results are all amazing and like having inspiration is amazing, but like making yourself practice is like, ah, oh, man, why? <laughs> but then you're so yeah. thankful after you did, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I have one more question on here and then I will let you go on with your day. <laughs> is there any advice that you want to give to artists who want to make art their full-time career, but have no idea where to start? So if somebody wanted to be a calligrapher and they don't know where to start, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them to... Um, start with practice um, daily um, and don't don't quit your day job immediately. So um, I was lucky enough to when I was working at the financial firm to kind of have that like that like safety net of my day job. So what I would do is wake up earlier and practice for like an hour, two hours before I went to work. And then I would come home and I would like make something related to calligraphy. So that was really nice. Um, I was really lucky to have that job. Um, during that time and um yeah like just don't <laughs> fly off immediately just like build up your skills first and then take the leap once you have enough commissions coming in yeah great advice i love that awesome well thank you so much for coming on here it's so nice to meet you <laughs> it's so nice to meet you too thank you so much for having me um i'm so grateful
Good. Yeah. I'm so glad. <laughs> okay. Well, your episode will air a week from today and I'll send you a bunch of emails letting you know everything. And yeah, I just really appreciate that. You, you're so sweet. And <laughs> yeah. <Sorry laughs> okay, too. Right. okay, good. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, have a great day and I will talk to you later. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process. From coming up with an idea, to finding a wall to paint it on, to pitching your ideas to businesses, and finally, of course, I teach you exactly how to paint large scale. Murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business. I know because it has been one of the top ways that I've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as I have. With several years of experience as a muralist, I've dialed down the painting techniques, the proposals, the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am art by Andrea Earhart. I will gladly share your art on my Instagram story with a reach of over 60,000 as a thank you for helping us grow this Artist Academy community. And speaking of community, if you would like to be a part of our absolutely free and very encouraging community on social media, just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy, and I will see you next week.